Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Man, the Miami Dolphins' luck right now is something else. Not only have they won seven in a row, now a team that is sitting above them in the AFC wildcard playoff picture, dealing with a pretty big COVID issue. We dive into all of that. Welcome aboard, everybody. Today's show brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. We will be getting into the entire Carson Wentz situation involving the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Plus, we'll be talking some college football in about 30 minutes in what has been a crazy, crazy bowl season. But here today, Jeff Schwartz and I start talking about the team that has won seven in a row, led by quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. And I don't know if he's the sole reason, Jeff, that the Dolphins have won seven straight, but the Dolphins have won seven straight now sit there in the playoff picture after that win last night against the new orleans saints final score 22-3 you know i feel like dan me or you could have played defense with dolphins last night and shut down ian book i mean like there was no <laughs> chance the saints had in that game look you, this is a fourth string quarterback it's not a third string quarterback a fourth string quarterback there's a reason why guys are fourth string quarterbacks so look the dolphins have won seven in a row it's been impressive but have we noticed who, who, who they've been so far in this seven-game win streak? The Texans, right? The Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, and a beat-up Saints team missing a bunch of their starters. I know this time of year we like to hype up teams, and I'm always the wet blanket, guys. The Dolphins <laughs> might make the playoffs, but they're not winning a playoff game. Their quarterback is getting better, but they have an offense built solely around run-pass options with a poor offensive line. It's a recipe for for disaster in the playoffs. Now, give them credit. They're fighting. They're battling. Brian Forrest and coach, we know all that. They're playing better defense. All that's great. But they're doing this against very bad football teams. Let's see how they do this at Tennessee this weekend and finish against the Patriots. Because so far, they've lost to the... The, the, the Bills twice, the Colts, the Bucks, like the, te- the good teams they played, they've lost to those teams. They get two good teams to finish up, and we'll see how they do there. But this isn't college football, we know. Like, this is, we never talk about, when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year, we've never said how their regular season record was. Right. Like this is this isn't there is no resume that the Dolphins need to put together. All they have to do is just have a better record than the Chargers and the Raiders and win those tiebreakers to get into the playoffs. Well, well, the question wasn't whether or not they're winning. They are winning. But the question is whether or not they're they're good or whether they're going to be any sort of contender in the playoffs. I mean, that's the conversation seems to always be right. Are they are they good enough to win a Super Bowl? Give them credit. They're going to, and there's a chance, I think, outside chance they win the division, right? Buffalo loses the next two, and they win the next two, and New England loses. Like, there's a chance that maybe can win the division, I believe. Um, but, yeah, they'll be in the playoffs, and they're going to get beaten by whoever they play in the first round. But, nonetheless, it's a playoff spot. They should be excited about that. They've overcome a lot this season. But I'm still not sold on Tua being the guy for them. Sure, sure. Well, in, in just in terms of, like, the team and the schedule, because I think that's, 
because it's a whole different animal. And you are right. I don't think that there's anybody that is sitting here saying that the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl. But I also think that there are levels of expectations for different teams in the NFL where you take the Chiefs, for example, obviously. They, they're, their goal is to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo Bills, get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. Anything yes. less would not be sufficient. But then there is that next year, and the Dolphins were close last year. And with the start that they had in going 1-7 like they did, we figured that this year was just an absolute abject failure considering on what they built on last year and just missed out on the playoffs but I would put them in the category where I think I think sometimes we rain on the parade of the Dolphins by by saying who they beat and they beat a diminished Ravens team uh, that on a Thursday night on a short week where you look at a team like the Chargers who we think that the Chargers could actually do some damage in the playoffs but the Chargers couldn't get it done against the Texans this past weekend so at times I feel like there's this double standard of, of, of how we look at squads. The ceiling may not be as high for the Dolphins as other teams, but it doesn't take away from what they have done and likely if they make the playoffs, accomplished a goal into their next step as an organization. I sometimes well, think it's all or nothing yeah. or we just take certain teams and look to poke holes in them where the Chargers are just right. coming off of a bad loss to the Texans, but we're not giving them the same sort of treatment we're giving the Dolphins. Oh, I'm giving the Chargers that treatment. They're currently not even in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Works. Like they, they, they should be, <coughs> excuse me, downgraded, especially because we thought the Chargers were going to not be the Chargers anymore. And all of a sudden, they're still the Chargers, right? Like they have a, a huge Charger game. It, it, the Chargers, that was a, that was, that's a loss that happens in college, right? You, you have a big home game against your rival. You lose that game, and then you put a stinker the following week, right? Like, this is a game that yeah. college football teams lose, not NFL teams. And the Chargers still haven't figured out a way to kind of, Get that winning energy in that direction. You look, the Dolphins, to your point, expectations, I think, this year were a fringe playoff team, right? Wild card teams are going to hit mm-hmm. that expectation if they, if, they, you know, if, they, if they do win. Now, the Colts, obviously, we'll get to Wentz in a second. Uh, the NFL, by the way, changing their, their vaccination, excuse me, their, their quarantine guidelines, like right now, which will change Carson Wentz, which I'm sure will piss off Browns fans uh, and other <laughs> fans who've had, who had players had to miss time because of COVID when they're now changing the rules to really essentially – and I get why they're doing it, but it's going to help the Colts out here. So, yes, the Dolphins should should get praise. Brian Forrest should get praise. But I'm still not sure. Okay, so yeah, I I, I don't believe but, but, I don't believe in them as a legit playoff team either. But, but I just feel like we is like is for Tua right? Tua will always be compared to Burrow and Herbert. He'll never be that good. So the question is, it, what 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 constitutes success for the Dolphins with that draft pick? Is it a perennial playoff team? Is it pushing to win the AFC Conference? Is it winning a Super Bowl? Like, what exactly is what you consider a success for drafting Tua? I would say for this year, it is getting to the playoffs. Okay. And then if, if this year they get to the playoffs, then next year you have that taking the next step. Okay. Moving up that ladder. That's, what I would, that's how I would look at the Miami Dolphins in terms of, of how you judge their success, especially as well. And that's totally con- fair. Considering how last year was so crazy, yeah. and I still think that I still think that plays a part in it. We forget that Tua was coming off of his hip injury. I'm not making excuses. I just think their bye was changed last year 
because of the I believe it was the Titans and their COVID situation that they had and their game against the Bills, and they had to move schedules around. So their bye got en- ended up changing, which then changed their plan that they had for Tua. Yes, last year was just kind of a mess, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing well and then being benched kind of threw a monkey wrench into all of that. The point being is this year they were a playoff caliber team and didn't show it through the first eight games of the season with just that lone win against the Patriots but now they've turned it around so I would almost say that they're they're on schedule I just don't think that we 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 love to poke holes in things and we'd never like we don't know how many good wins the Dallas Cowboys have this year we have no idea on how many wins the Green Bay Packers like against playoff teams Teams currently in the playoffs, the Cowboys have two wins against. Green Bay has two wins this year. Dallas yeah. entered the year with a record that easiest schedule, like bottom five, bottom three in the NFL. You know, so so while we love what Dallas did to Washington and completely destroying them and and how they did it, we also say, well, Washington was dealing with some yeah. COVID issues, but we don't say it as strongly as we do of you know, look at what the Dolphins have had. Well, I can't believe Dolphins, I'm actually sticking up for the Dolphins. But, I, I, but I'm not a Dolphins you, fan Dolphins by any means. Fan? Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> I'm, they're completely different to me, except I hate that logo. I think it's so awful. They need to go to the go to the old one. But uh, yeah, I'm, they're so such a such a you know neither here nor there yeah, team I, for I me. I think with you know with Dallas, obviously, you look at them and the way they play and their potential, and they just have a higher ceiling, right? You look at Dak Prescott. The offensive line they have when Teron Smith comes back, and the weapons they have, and really defensively, the way they ru- the, the, the way they rush the passer, force turnovers, you could see how high that ceiling could be. Especially if they, you know, they, they still have an outside chance to win the to to have the one seed as far outside as it can be, but it is still there. But you know, they're going to have a home game in the playoffs, maybe two home games in the playoffs. So there's a different path for them. And yes, you're right; they have not beaten a lot of teams, um, a, a lot of playoff teams. I mean, they're really the most impressive team. Who's done a lot of that is Kansas City. They they've had the, one of the toughest schedules in, in mm-hmm. the NFL this season, um, and so like they're primed for success. But you're right the 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 Cowboys have it right. They they lost the Patriots early in the season, and um, you know, Tampa Bay. So, excuse me, Tampa Bay all the way back in Week One. But if Dak returns from health, not returns from health, but returns healthier with his calf, like say he takes Week 18 off, right? Just kind of takes sure. it off because they might not need it. He could come back in in a wild card round, and boom, that extra week of health makes him a better quarterback. We know there's more from him. This is what the Dolphins are, right? They're, they're limited offensively because their offensive line and really because of, of the RPO action that they do. And defensively, they kind of have to make all the plays so their offense doesn't have the pressure on them. There's no run game either. The run game are well, short passes. Yeah, and, and they, their their run game is short passes by Tua as well, and that's it's just it's it's funny because it's 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 a perfect scenario of what we do, and I'm not saying we as media, I'm just saying as sports fans, that's of of certain teams get held to certain standards as we look at how they've progressed and how they've gone along through the season, but we may not use that same criteria for other teams. Listen, I think Green Bay is the best team in the NFL. As I use the point of their only two wins against playoff teams, I also don't expect the Green Bay, you know, to to go through a gauntlet where you're facing ten teams that are currently in the playoffs in ten games and come out of those eight and two. It's just yeah. not what the NFL is. But for some reason, we only use the right. schedule sort of run for the Dolphins when it doesn't matter. It's not the college football playoff. It's not Group of Five versus oh, Power Five. It's it's it is what it is. And right now, the Dolphins hold tiebreakers over the Chargers and Raiders for that final playoff spot. The, the the last two weeks of the NFL, 
And this is why there's they wanted to go to, to, to 17s, right? Because this is the scenarios we have, right? Between the 13th team in the AFC, the 7 and 8 Broncos, all the way really up to the 9 and 6 Colts. I mean, any one of the 5 to 13 can make it, right? And the, mm-hmm. the Broncos have a tougher chance. The Browns are 7-8. The, the Browns are 12 seed right now. They have a chance to win the division. If they win out which and the Bengals lose out, which basically would mean they lose the Browns and the Chiefs this weekend, and the Ravens, I just, the Ravens are too beat up. Steelers just aren't good enough. Well, they also lose to the Browns this weekend as well, right? So, like, they, like the Browns can win the AFC North. They're yeah. the 12 seed right now. And, and I can actually totally see them. They should beat Pittsburgh on, on Monday night. And I can see them beating the Bengals. The Bengals, who everyone, but everyone loves the Bengals, right? We Do we agree? Like, oh, my God, the ba- they put up 41 points. But the three games before that, they put up 15, 23, and 22. Like, Look at their schedule this year. Look at when they've shown up, when they haven't shown up. They have beaten a lot of bad football teams, and they have lost to most of the good football teams they played. They lost to the Browns, the Chargers, the 49ers, the Packers. Like, they've lost to the, the good teams they played. They've beaten a lot of bad teams. They're a team that's evolving. They're learning how to win in these big moments. I think there's the Browns could easily end up on top of the AFC North. You know, you know who the Bengals remind me of? They remind me of the Rams before they went to the Super Bowl the year before. The year before. Yeah. Yes, where I and I give the Bengals a lot of credit for I know Baltimore was shorthanded, but they also destroyed Baltimore yeah, in their should, first they, meeting. They, they, they should they, kick their butt when they're shorthanded. That's what good teams do. Yeah. And they so they swept Baltimore. They swept Pittsburgh. They played Green Bay to a crazy overtime back and forth game of chicken with field goals. There's a game they ended up but could have ended up winning. I think Cincinnati is legit it's just now they really have to prove it over these over these last two weeks because when you talk about kansas city and then cleveland to your point with an opportunity to win the division against a cleveland team that uh the browns ran over in their first meeting when they played in cincinnati yeah a lot is on the line for cincinnati he's jeff schwartz Former NFL lineman, get him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Coming up next, we'll talk a little bit more, not specifically about the Dolphins, but about Tua Tungavailoa and if a change does need to be made in Miami despite the Dolphins' success. That next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live. Live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's the NFL vet, Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. We've got some news uh, coming up in a little bit. Isaac Lohenkron will bring us the latest of what's happening on this bowl day, games that are happening, and maybe games that won't be happening. Ugh. First, it can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now, nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car. You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Quickly before we dive into college football and go uh, over to Isaac Lohenkron, just to kind of wrap up our, our not our breakdown of the Dolphins-Saints game, but just of where the Dolphins are, because I do think that their situation is very intriguing. I don't think that Tua has been magnificent this season, but I think he's been good enough to earn another chance next season. Course, so if you're, if yes. you're the you know, for for the way that he has played and what they've asked him to do, 
I don't know if he's the long-term 10-year quarterback. All I know is we give up on quarterbacks way too early, and I just think that he at least deserves another chance. If even, even if they falter in these last two games and make it the way that he's played to give him an opportunity uh, to have the job next season, I, I think that's what Tua Tungavailoa has earned in Miami. Uh, 100%. I'm with you there because you, know, you, you, you have to be able to, in, in my opinion, get him the weapons around around him to allow him the opportunity to succeed right like you have to you have, the offensive line and they've tried they they've drafted offensive linemen a lot the last couple of years they got to coach him up now right they have first mm-hmm. round picks second round picks all over the offensive line they got to coach him up so i agree you have to give two an opportunity to succeed before you get rid of him and this draft is not a great quarterback draft and so get you know use this draft pick to to bolster you know get a wide receiver um uh like get another offensive line like get someone to help Tua uh 100% um but like like you need to, no but you should let him you should let him uh succeed next succeed. yeah the, the the issue that i some may point to Tim Tebow in Denver and say, hey, if you can get Peyton Manning type of quarterback, bring him in despite the success. If you can get Deshaun Watson. The question is, is with that seven-game losing streak, Jeff, to your to what you're talking about their deficiencies, it isn't all about the quarterback. So now if you give up all of your assets to get the quarterback, I'm still not sure on how much the Dolphins will change and how much growth they actually could have. I think it'd be a very, very risky maneuver in, in doing something like that. Cause they do. I mean, even, even though they traded up to get Jalen Waddle, they still have a ton of, of draft picks that they, they can utilize and you can maybe shore up some of those spots, especially offensively and up front. So here, but here's the thing though. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, if you just get Deshaun Watson though, that's a game that's different than, Going in the draft, right? Like Deshaun Watson is better than Tua, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. And, and if he wants the job, if he wants to go there, and you have the assets, then you do that. Like you make that trade. I don't think they should draft a quarterback though. But if, but if Watson, like there's teams around the NFL that absolutely to ditch their quarterback for Deshaun Watson. Dolphins are one of them. But how much better mean, do you think they are, though, with with Deshaun Watson? If oh, they were to bring I, in, you have a downfield passing attack for one. Yeah, the would, he be, would he be would he be able to survive course. behind that offensive line? Um, that's that, that's the problem, obviously, right? Um, but you would if you if you bring in Watson and fix the offensive line, at least add two or three pieces to help, then you'd be, be a much better offense next season. I I just I I hate us giving up on these quarterbacks, especially, I mean, what the well, here, well, here, well, here's, overall Here's part of the pick. reason why, though, is that, like, you you have this this window, right, this five-year window because uh, of the rookie contracts. And most of the time, it's like a three- or four-year window because guys get new deals, right? Now, some of that money gets pushed to later years. Like, Pat Mahomes' deal, he's still relatively, quote-unquote, cheap right now, right? Mm-hmm. He's still, but in a couple of years, he gets super expensive. So you, you want to try to hit that window because if you look, outside of the Tom Brady years, right, Pat Mahomes was on a rookie contract. Russell Wilson was on a rookie contract. Ben was on a rookie contract for his first one. Um, you know, you look at even Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo who made yeah. Super Bowls, rookie contracts. Um, well, I guess Jimmy G wasn't, right? But he was on a cheaper Niners deal. Um, so 
you you get that's how you sort of build these rosters up and you try to hit when that window even Carson Wentz right 2017 with Philly right you hit that window where, where, where the quarterback is cheapest and the Dolphins to your point I, I agree they need to give him one more year but after year three if he's not the guy you're wasting time now right you're wasting everyone's time keeping around the Browns have to make this decision correct this offseason yeah now. I think the Browns are wasting time I think that they know what they know 100%. yeah and so no I agree with you there there was a point Jeff actually and I've supported to staying there but I didn't know if the Dolphins were good enough around him for him to continue to be there like I felt that they needed uh that that star quarterback to maybe make up for some of their deficiencies when they were on that seven game losing streak they've played better as a team for me that actually makes me feel better about Tua's situation in in, in the weird way that it is, but I thought, all right, maybe now they don't need the star quarterback to make up for all their deficiencies if they are playing better as a team. But yeah. I got to give them a third year at least. Here's here's the the, the, oh, the concern, though. Again, I go back to this. And you're right about expectations. That's how we should look through the lens of, of everything, right, in the NFL, expectations. But if you are the Dolphins, when you drafted him six overall, five overall, excuse me, and the expectation was to win the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And, again, that, that might be unrealistic, but I think that's internally, okay, we, we got our guy, let's build around him. Again, kind of have to know pretty soon if he's your guy or not. Yeah. Because those are the expectations when, 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 when you draft a guy that high in the draft. And I think that they'll they, – they, that's why next year is so crucial because you have your fifth year option to figure out and you have those other those other things but to to make the decision after one and a half seasons is uh it, to me it's just it's just a little quick for a guy that you invested that high of a draft pick in. Get Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. It is the Doug Gottlieb show. We'll talk some college football next with Pete Futek. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Pete Futek at collegefootballnews.com joining us. And Pete, are you uh, are you numb to the fact right now that we are uh, likely going to get a, another canceled holiday bowl or does it sting just as much as the first one? as these bowls are going by the wayside? Honestly, at this point, it's just a bowl. Okay, you know, I get defensive back. You know, bad play, move on to the next one. All right, we didn't have a Hawaii Bowl. We still had Christmas. You know, it still went on. You know, there, there's not going to be a holiday bowl, and there's going to be a next a bowl coming up 10 minutes later. Like, it's, all right, you can't go. All right, let's keep moving on. But it's, look, how dumb are you? Like, you know there's a virus. All you have to do is lock your team down away from every other human being for like three weeks or two weeks. We're not talking about a season. Just keep do what the college football playoff teams are doing and keep your guys under wraps for just a while. Don't let them see any other human contact for like two weeks, then test them. And then you should have enough guys to go. Like, I, 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 you know, whether or not you agree with how this is all working, everyone kind of knows the deal. It's just how do you not get your team totally locked down a couple weeks before the big game of your bowl season? So Utah and Ohio State going to Disneyland yesterday was not the best idea. I would – like, what are you doing? Like, what, like, like, like look, I – look. I, I'm certainly not going to get into that debate about, you know, do what you want and all that kind of stuff. But if your job is to go out there and play a football game and you're seeing left and right teams, games getting whacked 
like, what, like that's why. And like the, I understood the, the initial backlash against Bill Hancock in the, in the college football playoff uh, committee for their draconian idea of like, well, if you can't play, you forfeit. At first, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing here? But obviously, you got to do that because if you're telling them what the deal is, and so we're not just going to adjust these games for you now. Can you adjust the bowls? Can you play the Holiday Bowl next week? Yeah, probably. We can. You can figure this out. And for some reason, these bowl games just don't really want to do that. So, look, I, I love bowls. You love bowls. We all love bowls. But they're kind of showing that, eh, if you don't play them, eh, okay, it's an exhibition, we move on. And it just kind of shows how the, the system has to change overall because it kind of exposes just how disposable these games really are. Pete Futak joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, collegefootballnews.com. Get him on Twitter, at Pete Futak. Let's talk about the two games that we think are going to happen, um, at least for sure. Those are the college football semifinals. I've gotten the sense, Pete, that the the closer and closer that we get to this game, the more and more people think that uh, Michigan is going to beat Georgia. How do you feel about that semifinal coming up on Friday? Uh, I'm, I'm picking Georgia, so go with Michigan, because I am awful at picking, great at picking national champions. Championship games, and I'm usually all right at bowl games. I can't get college football playoff semifinal games to save my life. So, I mean, at least to get the spread, because usually they're pretty obvious. But this one, I think Georgia's about to come roaring. Look, I, 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 the margin between these elite of the elite teams is just finite enough where you could have a game like the SEC championship where Alabama absolutely needed that game, Georgia didn't. And Alabama sort of play, finally kind of locked down and played like it's supposed to, and Georgia really kind of didn't. I, I now think that the Georgia defense rises up, and this is the D that we saw for most of the season and not the one that we saw against uh, Alabama in Atlanta several weeks ago. The one problem, though, is Stetson Bennett. Okay, he's a nice quarterback. He's been good all year because he hasn't been under any stress whatsoever. And he wasn't even that bad in the SEC championship game. It certainly wasn't his fault. But their NFL court starting quarterback is on the bench, and you're starting Stetson Bennett still, and it's a little late in the game to mess around with that. That's the only thing that kind of freaks me out about this. Uh, but I think Georgia is about to go on a roll here. Uh, and I think this defense is about to show up large in this week and then in Indianapolis in a few weeks. Does Michigan have the wide receivers – that can attack the Georgia secondary, not obviously to extent Alabama did, because that's impossible. They don't have those players, but enough. Because I, I talked to mission coaches, uh, and they feel like the secondary, same as Alabama did, right? Like that's where you make your money and your yards on Georgia. Do they have enough guys to at least get some chunk plays on Georgia's secondary? Oh, absolutely. They, they do. They, you're right. They do not have the you know, top end of the first-round draft guys like Alabama has, and they don't have Bryce Young under center. Uh, but they do have a good enough and efficient enough game. Uh, look at the Wisconsin game, for example. Uh, the way you beat with that great Wisconsin defense this year was to be able to make just a couple of big plays down the field, and they were able to do it. You know, they, they were able to Wisconsin did what it did against the run, and then when the, the, the Wolverines had to go up top and do something with their passing game, they were able to get just enough to make it happen. No, you're not going to be able to bomb away on this Georgia secondary, uh, but you've got to assume also that that running game is not going to be great. So if you are 
the, the Wolverines, you've got to just be prepared for a slugfest, and you've got to take advantage of every opportunity you have. You know, remember, the opening game of the year against Clemson. Pete Futak joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb. Last one from me, Pete. And, and I, I mean this because I think it's actually a, a pretty heavy question, but does it matter how Cincinnati fares against Alabama? Uh, in the larger scheme of things, probably not. Because, um, look, Alabama's Alabama. They do that to everybody. Yeah. Uh, but, but look, this is – I argued all year long that, no, Cincinnati does not deserve to be here. They had one good win, and it's not fair to do that. Uh, if you have one nice performance – but they got the starting 22. You know, they've got the secondary. They've got the quarterback. They've got the guys that can hang with or beat an Alabama team in a one-game shot. Remember, Alabama had first in 98 with only three points on the board against Auburn. They struggled against Arkansas and put them away. They struggled against Florida. They struggled against LSU. They lost to Texas A&M. This has not been the most razor-sharp and consistent of Alabama teams all year long. And certainly Cincinnati has got the guys that can at least hang around with them. Uh, so, and then look at, I mean, I, I hate to do this because it never works and it's absolutely wrong, especially considering it was like the 12th best SEC team against the number two AAC team. SEC is 0-3 with a tap out from Texas A&M so far. They, they haven't exactly shown up in, in this bowl season. I know that they're not the best of the best teams uh, from the SEC, but they all three played group of five level teams, and Florida got smoked. Missouri couldn't hang with Army at the very end, and it, it you know, look what happened just now against uh, Houston for uh, for Auburn. So there, there's something here that maybe there's a little shift, but Alabama certainly is Alabama, and it's not in my DNA to ever go against them in the college football playoff. Last for me here. All right, let's be real here, Pete. Um, Alabama's already playing this underdog thing, right? Will Anderson's out. No one believes in us. They're gonna they're gonna beat Cincinnati by four touchdowns. Like, come on, like, they 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 want they care like they want to win this game. That's why players come to Alabama to win a championship. Like, Cincinnati cannot line up man to man for sixty minutes and stay and keep this game close unless they pull out trick plays, force a bunch of turnovers. Like, if this game was in week one. Alabama would be, what, a 24-and-a-half-point favorite? Like, it's just 13 now because they play. I just I don't think this game is going to be close. Put it like that. I, you're not crazy. I mean, look, it, it, I, I, I've fallen for this before, and I fell for it last year, too, where the idea where, oh, like, look at Alabama. They struggled in the SEC championship game against Florida, and they had this little blip here, and they, they looked beatable. And what they do, boom, boom, just, just crushed right well, I thought they were going to crush Notre Dame, but I thought Ohio State was going to have them. And yeah, I know Justin Fields got hurt and there were injuries, but no, that was never going to happen. Uh, you're right. You know, bet against or go against Alabama and the points at your own peril. It just doesn't seem to work. Look, it would be a it would be a good thing for college football if Cincinnati at least kept this close. I do think America as a whole would be really bored or wouldn't like. Uh, an Alabama-Georgia rematch. I think Michigan getting there would be a really fun, really big deal. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you like the best of the best, Alabama versus Georgia part two, that would be really, really good. That would be a fun, fun game. 
He's MrCollegeFootballNews.com. Find him on Twitter at Pete Futek. Pete, we appreciate the time. Happy New Year. Enjoy the uh, bowl games that we have and then the semifinals coming up. Talk to you again Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Get Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And coming up next, oh, it's time for a little game and you would not believe who is on top we'll explain next here on fox sports radio be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific i'm george reister host of the reister or wrong podcast this is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Jeff Schwartz, NFL vet. You can hear Jeff every Saturday with Steve Hartman, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, here on Fox Sports Radio. You can hear me uh, at the news desk with Doug Gottlieb weekdays and also on Sundays with George Royster and Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, 5 o'clock Eastern time to Pacific. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go. And you think if we're calling a ride home, now what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, lose your license, maybe total your car. You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Man, you guys are going to be smack dab in the middle of it on New Year's Day with the uh, Rose Bowl happening. We'll get into some Rose Bowl talk coming on uh, in the show in just a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, Jeff, we bring in our good buddy Isaac Lohenkron to play a little game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Dan and Jeff. And uh, today's game is as simple as one, two, three. Rank them. Now, you oh. know, I- I'm usually a really bad, evil coworker seeking to undermine my on air colleagues at every opportunity to feed my massive ego. You should. But I'm going to take a break from that today. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to give you a couple of these in advance to get the gears turning a little bit. But among the things I'm going to ask you to rank coming up, the worst college football bowl names, either current or all time, the worst college football bowl names, including the crazy corporate sponsors that don't seem to fit, and also the worst stadium or arena names, current or all-time. Oh, so that's coming up. But first of all, we will start with the best college football bowl games. Not matchups, but the best college football actual bowl game experience. Well, we're going to lean on Jeff Schwartz, a guy who's played in many a bowl games in his college career at, at Oregon. By the way, we could have also gotten these in the commercial break you know that would have helped us a little guys no i'm just kidding i said i I said i was uh (laughs) i said i was a jerk but not that little of a jerk uh all right Uh, schwartz i'm gonna the best best bowl game is the rose bowl yeah i would agree with that yeah yes yeah yeah number one the rose 
Um, I, the the Moisa Rose Bowl. Uh, the second the the second best bowl game. I mean, I guess would be the championship game, like wherever that's at. Is that does that count? I I would take that out of it because it's okay. kind of a you know separate you know like yeah the the one that like. I love the Cotton Bowl until it was moved from the Cotton Bowl. Very said, good, like, yeah. Playing it in Jerry's world. Like, I liked it because it was actually in the Cotton Bowl. So I was always a fan of the Cotton Bowl. And I also think Cotton the Bowl. Sugar the Sugar Bowl has a special place in my heart because that was the bowl game that I would try to catch up on all the homework I didn't do over Christmas break because we usually had to go back to school on January 2nd. Okay. So whatever, during whatever Sugar Bowl there was, I'd be catching up on all the reading or homework that I'd have to do. So I, I'd put cotton and sugar after those. Okay. I'm, I'm good with those. Those are classic, right? Classic bowl yeah, games. I think so. They've been championship games before. They have big matchups. Those feel like the three best. I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head that uh, I mean, you know, anytime that you go play in Hawaii, the Aloha Bowl feels like uh, it's always a win to play in Hawaii. Yeah, that's a good one. The game's probably the worst part of it. The game is absolutely <laughs> the worst part of it. <laughs> what was the best bowl game you played in? So I played in the Vegas Bowl, the Sun uh, Vegas Bowl Holiday Bowl Sun Bowl. The most fun I had was in El Paso, the Sun Bowl. It's a lot oh, of fun. The Sun good. Bowl. I like the um, Sun Bowl. I like yeah, the Sun Bowl. It's a, it's, and and uh, thankfully, they found a replacement for Miami in that game this year. Uh, the Vegas Bowl was rough because I wasn't 21, and the matchup used to be Pac-12, like, six against Mountain West one, and we just got our butts whooped every year. The Pac-12 just got killed. Because it was always, you know, we were 7-5 and five that year. We don't want to be there. Don't want to play the game. It's like the first bowl game. It used to be like the first one of the first bowl games. We lost... 38 to 8. If you, if you look back in the history of that game, the Pac 12 got smoked every single season in that game. Uh, now it's uh, a Big Ten Pac 12. It's, it's Arizona State, Wisconsin. It's a, it's a much better bowl game. And this year. out at old Sam Boyd Stadium, way out uh, well, I, I in think, the I desert. Think, I think now it. it's at Allegiant, but yeah, it used yeah. to be at Sam yeah. Boyd, which That's is a right. dump. It's kind of a dump in the middle of nowhere. Um, Holly Bowl was fun. We put Oklahoma, that was at, uh, at the Murph still, um, and uh, Qualcomm, whatever you want to call it. It was. Um, it was fun. I mean, San Diego, you went to SeaWorld. We got to go see the uh, an aircraft carrier. Got interviewed by Ron Burgundy. Uh, no, that was before Anchorman, <laughs> I believe. Um, so before – what year was Anchorman? I'm kind of curious now. Um, but uh, that was um, – yeah, that was before that. So no, no, uh, no Ron Burgundy interview. And, you, well, you, you, I'm sure you still stayed classy. Now, real quick, guys. All right. Worst college football bowl names. Lay it on us. Man, I, I know you're going to want to go. I, everybody always pulls out the pool and weed eater bowl that took over for like the independence bowl. But you know what one really bothered me? And it was when Capital One took over the citrus bowl. And it was just the Capital One Bowl yeah, because yeah. I loved the Citrus Bowl and I loved that logo because it had just a bunch of different citrus fruits on it. It was perfect. Like the Citrus Bowl fits Orlando and it fit Florida. I was not a fan of that one. And I love Buffalo Wild Wings, but I wasn't a fan of the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. I um, I looked up worst bowl games because, um, well, of course I'm going to do that. Th- there was a game uh, from 1947 to 1955 <laughs> called huh. the Salad Bowl. The Salad uh, Bowl. Oh. The Salad Bowl, sure. I think it was in, was it in Jersey? I think they it was played in, it. Um, looks like uh, Phoenix. Oh, it was in Phoenix. Uh, maybe it was the Cherry Bowl. Well, maybe I'm thinking of Garden State. That's why. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer. We salute the Rose Bowl next on Fox. <laughs> 